everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. I am coming to you today from Wichita, Kansas. It is Friday, April 8th, and I'm really happy to be in Kansas. Some of my favorite people in the whole world live in Kansas City, Missouri. And so this part of the country is near and dear to my heart because some near and dear to my heart people uh, live nearby. So I'm thrilled to be in Wichita. If you're in the area and can come out and listen, uh, just Google for uh, TPA, the ter- uh, the teacher parent, blah, blah, blah. I can't even talk today, you guys. The teacher parent association, and I'll link to it in the show notes. And uh, I bet you there's still time to come uh, to that conference. So they're doing a great, a great thing uh, for parents in the area there, particularly when it comes to homeschooling. So I hope that you'll come on out. Hey, I wanted to let you guys know if you haven't already uh, started following um, the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe over at iTunes. Also, uh, we can be found at Overcast and at several of the other podcast apps uh, that you can download. And that way you can get a new podcast every time it comes out. So every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I am podcasting to you from wherever I am in the great United States this summer and spring. And uh, we hope that you will do that. Also would love it, love it, love it if you would please leave reviews for us at iTunes. And you can just simply do that by going and leaving a review, Leave uh, just leave a few uh, sentences. It really encourages us. And this is hilarious. Jay and I were just talking about this the other day. People are coming up to us at conferences where we are, and they're saying things like, a moment of silence for meeting Heidi St. John. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I know that y'all are listening to the podcast. So thank you for doing that. Uh, it is a, a joy for me to meet many of you in person and certainly love reading uh, the reviews that you are leaving over on iTunes. Also, if you have a podcast idea, and one of those ideas uh, was from uh, a girl named Jessica, and we're going to be addressing Jessica's issue today. She has an is- uh, She had a question about a child who is lying to her. And I don't know about you guys, but that's never happened to me. Just kidding. <laughs> I have seven kids and I have been lied to on more than one occasion. And actually, if you want to know the really sad truth, I spanked a child one time because another one of my children lied to me about who had done whatever particular thing it was. So your kids are very forgiving and they will be resilient. Uh, but still, there's, uh, there is something to be said for some good ways to deal with it when your kids are lying to you. Also, many of you have asked me about the necklaces that we carry with us when we're on the road. Those are handmade, actually, by Dorinda's husband, Daryl, and we have a brand spanking new one that's coming out here in just a couple of weeks, and we're going to give you the opportunity to pre-order that at a discount. So I will make that an announcement for you when it comes uh, available, but wanted to let you know we have a brand new one coming out that goes along with... Um, a talk that I've been giving around the country on the sovereignty of God and on what uh, happens when the world tries to label you. So the world is going to label you, right? Many of you have already experienced this. If you stand for righteousness in this generation, particularly where uh, the issue of uh, human sexuality is concerned and God's definition of marriage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the world's going to try to label you. They're going to label you a bigot. They're going to label you a hater. They're going to say that you're intolerant. And the fact of the matter is, the moment you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He labeled you. The sovereign God of the universe slapped a label on you, and that label is redeemed. The Bible says in Isaiah, fear not, for I have redeemed you. 
I have called you by name. You are mine. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that just sends, woo, sends a Holy Ghost shiver up my spine because I am looking forward someday to seeing the God who redeemed me face to face. So those are coming out pretty soon. Uh, right now, you can continue to order the um, the Air on the Hand of a Warrior, which has Psalm 127 engraved on the side of it, or Fearless, uh, which has 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given you a spirit of fear. Um, those uh, are solid sterling silver, and they are available at HeidiStJohn.com. Just click on the store when you get there. So um, we're, I'm loving seeing all the, all the women that are coming up to my booth wearing those necklaces. It's just um, wonderful to see you wearing those tangible reminders of who God says you are around your neck. You are not to be afraid. Your children have been given to you, like we talked about uh, last week, and raised to release like arrows in the hands of a warrior. So uh, I hope that you'll take a minute and go and check those out. I want to take a minute to remind you that we could really use your support at Firmly Planted Family. Our ministry runs on monthly financial support. That is actually how we are able to do this podcast. And so if you uh, are interested in supporting, if you've been encouraged by what we're doing here at the podcast and would be willing to support us, even $10 or $15 a month makes a huge difference um, in our ministry and what we are able to do. Uh, please consider going to firmlyplantedfamily.org and clicking on the monthly support uh, button. Uh, like I said, any gift that's um, a monthly support really goes a long way in allowing us to do what God has equipped and called us to do. So if you're encouraged uh, by what you hear here and you're encouraged by um, hearing me speak or by the materials that my husband and I are writing for you, uh, it would greatly encourage us to have you supporting us financially at firmlyplantedfamily.org. All right, Jessica girl, this is for you. Uh, we're going to be talking today specifically about children who uh, lie. And this is a tough, this is a tough thing because parents, you know, when kids lie to their parents, it hurts right? It, it makes us angry. We take it personally. We feel like we can't trust our kids anymore. And um, parents who allow, and this is what, what I really want to get to the heart of this, because when we allow our kids to do this and, we, and, and it goes pretty much unchecked, then we end up, the Bible says, reaping consequences for allowing that behavior to go on. Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19 says that there are six things which the Lord hates seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, abortion much, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lie, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. These are incredibly powerful verses, and you can structure your devotional time around them with your children. And one of the things that we have done with our children is to encourage them as they grow and develop, and particularly when we catch them in a lie. And we've caught pretty much all of our children uh, in a lie at some point or another. Um, and we want, uh, and I want you to understand as a mother, coming from sort of the heart of a mother, um, to me, this is one of the things in our children that we absolutely do not tolerate. Uh, lying in children is something that if you, um, and all kids do it, honestly. Every kid distorts the truth from time to time. But but what we don't want is for a child who distorts the truth or tells you an outright lie to become known for it, right? To become that, to be part of their um sort of their MO, sort of their personality. And so we want to respond to, uh, appropriately um, and that is the task that requires understanding 
and discernment on your part as parents. And it's difficult, I think, uh, to root out a lie. And you know, sometimes they're really obvious, right? And one of, <laughs> I sort of laugh when I think about all the things that all the lies, uh, little lies mostly that our kids have told us uh, over over time. And I think one of the funniest, I can think of a whole bunch of funny things, but you know, um, I don't know about you guys, but our kids have always, I mean, I'm looking at my husband right now. Why do, where do our kids get Sharpies? I don't even know. They get Sharpies and then they write their names on things. And then they, you know, when we catch them, like I remember our son who's, you know, uh, almost nine. 19 now, decided to graffiti his dresser one year when he was younger. And he graffitied his name all over his dresser. And we were like, you know, dude, you did this. He was like, no, I didn't. Like he wrote his name, right? <laughs> we're like, no, you you really did. Like, this is your name. No, I didn't. That wasn't me. So then we were like, okay, well, if you're going to lie, you need to be a better liar because um, the person who graffitis their name on the dresser is typically, you know, I mean, you're not good enough at it yet to just go, oh, that, you know, that was somebody else. That wasn't even me. So if your kid is doing that to you, these are things that I call, you know, rather innocent lies or whatever. They still need to be dealt with because we want our kids, um, even if they may not fully understand the difference between uh, why why uh, a lie and the truth is such a big deal, there's a very thin line, I think, that uh, a parent walks between a child who's defiantly lying and a kid who's like, um, you know, he's enacted some sort of fantasy. Um, and this happens mostly in the preschool year. So before you react in a heavy-handed manner, you've got to understand, make sure that, that um, you understand what the intent is uh, behind the lie or behind the deception. If you're dealing with a teenager, that's a totally uh, that's a totally different deal. Dr. Dobson, who is a friend of mine, uh, someone who I greatly respect, wrote a book a long time ago called The Strong-Willed Child. Now, he wrote the original uh, Strong-Willed Child in 1970. I'd like to say that he wrote it for me because I have several Strong-Willed child, ch- children, Strong-Willed Childs. I can't even talk today. It must be, I need to take a nap apparently. <laughs> but, uh, since he wrote it in 1978, he actually might've been writing it for my parents, for me. (laughs) So who knows? But he revised it in 2004. And I just want to read to you a little bit about what he says about lying, because he has a really good understanding of uh, kind of the heart behind lying and a really good perspective on how to deal with it. And so he says, for those children who are clearly lying to avoid an unpleasant consequence, right, or to gain an advantage of sorts, parents need to use that circumstance as a teachable moment. So this is the child who is lying to you because he doesn't want to get in trouble. Right. So you said, Hey, did you, you know, clean the kitchen? I asked you to clean the kitchen. And your child says, Yes, I did that. And really, they didn't do it. They didn't do the job. It's obvious they didn't do it, but they don't want to get in more trouble. So maybe, like in our house, if we ask you to clean the kitchen and you don't do it, and we walk into the kitchen, the kitchen's not done, then you not only have to do the kitchen, but you have to clean a bathroom as well. <laughs> so we tend to, so you, you might have a child that lies to you because they are trying to avoid an unpleasant consequence. And Dr. Dobson goes on to say that the greatest emphasis in that moment should be given to telling the truth in all situations. It's a virtue that should be taught, not just when a lie has occurred, but at other times as well. And so in your devotions with your children, you might read about those six things that the Lord hates, because there are powerful verses that you can uh, move into your devotion, bring into your devotion time rather with your children. And for example, Dr. Dobson says, explain who Solomon was, why his teachings are important to us and how scripture 
helps us. So it's like a flashlight on a dark night that guides our footsteps and keeps us on the right path. And the Bible says that it even protects us while we are asleep, if we will bind it in our heart forever. Another idea is to memorize that verse so it can be referred to in other contexts, and you can use it as a springboard uh, for discussions of virtues and behavior that is pleasing to God. So each verse can be applied to everyday situations so that your child can begin to feel accountable. And that's really what we want, right? We want our kids to begin to feel accountable for what they are saying and doing. So when you talk about a specific issue of lying, You want to point out to that child that in a list of seven things that the Lord hates most, two of them deal with dishonesty. Telling the truth is something that God cares about, and because God cares about it, we should care about it. And I think uh, this is a huge stumbling block in the culture right now, because the culture is saying, who cares what God thinks? Like, we don't even believe in your God, right? But as believers, we do. In fact, our ultimate authority isn't what we think as people. It's what God thinks. And God says that lying is something he cares deeply about. So if it matters to God, it should matter to us. And this is something that we want to teach our children over and over and over again as we deal with sin issues in their lives in the same way that God deals with sin issues in our lives. So this will explain why you are going to insist that your son or your daughter learn to tell the truth, even when it hurts to do so. Now, this would be a really good thing for politicians to learn, right? I mean, you, at, some, at some point, I just wonder, where were their parents, <laughs> right? Uh, before they ever ran for any office, certainly they had parents. You know, if we don't teach our kids the importance of telling the truth, no matter what, then we grow up and we have adults that don't think it's important to tell the truth. And so our goal as parents should be to lay a foundation that's going to help us underscore a commitment to honesty Um, in the future for our kids. We want them to learn how to be truthful. So the next time your child tells you a blatant lie, you can return to this discussion and to the scripture on which it was based always, always, always back to the word of God. And at some point when you feel the maturity of your child makes it appropriate, you can begin to insist that the truth be told and to impose a mild punishment if it isn't. In our house, gradually over a period of years, we hope to be able to teach the virtue of truthfulness to our kids. And Dr. Dobson says, of course, you can undermine everything you're trying to establish if you are dishonest in front of your kids. Remember I said this last time, you can't give your kids what you don't have. And so if your kids notice a dishonesty in you, whether it's hypocrisy in your life, whether you're telling your kids, hey, I want you to have self-control, but they can see that you don't, or they say, or you tell your kids, hey, it's important for you to treat others kindly, and then they see you treating your spouse unkindly, that's a form of dishonesty. It's hypocrisy. And believe me, your kids are going to note it and they're going to behave likewise. If their parents can twist the truth, your children will believe that they have a little authority in twisting the truth themselves. And you will have little to no authority in preventing your kids from doing the same. So be honest in your own lives. Deal with dishonesty in your children as it comes up and do it according to the word of God. That is where our plumb line lies. I'll see you back here next time at the Busy Mom Podcast. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.